The goals of cancer care depends on the diagnosis and prognosis of your cancer. Deciding on your plan for treatment takes these into account as you and your care team explore your options. We're going to talk about it today with Susan Lohman, the Advanced Care Planning Coordinator at Northfield Hospital and Clinics, and Jody Wazorak, the Director and Advanced Practice Registered Nurse of the Cancer Care and Infusion Center at Northfield Hospital. This is Northfield Hospital and Clinic's Health Matters Podcast. I'm Prakash Chandran. Susan and Jody, thank you so much for educating us here today. So Jody, let's start with you. What exactly is the difference between diagnosis and prognosis, and why are they both important in understanding cancer? Diagnosis is really a process. It's a process where a healthcare provider or another professional looks at a review of symptoms of a person, looks at a physical exam, and does testing and imaging to try to name the condition or the problem that a person is having. Prognosis, on the other hand, is the likely natural course of a treatment or disease or what likely is to happen to a person over time with this diagnosis. And the prognosis is affected by many different things. For instance, the type of cancer in the situation that we're talking about today, the physical condition of a person, maybe their nutrition status, their living conditions and the resources that they have when they are having trouble, other serious medical conditions they have or other unknown factors. Despite many different models that doctors and other providers have to determine prognosis, it's actually quite difficult to be precise and Most providers will tell you that, but they try to do their best estimate based on the factors that I mentioned previously. Yeah, and I imagine that prognosis or the prognosis is something that changes or likely changes over time depending on how the course of treatment goes. Is that correct? Definitely. Okay, and so another question that I wanted to ask is I'm curious about what the range of goals for cancer care are when you're evaluating something. So there are lots of different ways to make goals for cancer care. Probably the most familiar terms that people may be aware of is a goal of prevention of cancer. There are actually medications and vitamins and things that we can do to try to prevent cancer in certain populations. Um, We can be trying to cure cancer, or perhaps we're just trying to control their disease, or we're trying to control their symptoms to try to improve their life or help prevent suffering for a person. It's really important to understand that when a provider is talking about treatment, it doesn't always necessarily mean that they're talking about cure. So it's important to ask and be clear about what the purpose of treatment might be and that there are other reasons to give people cancer treatment. So I want to dive a little bit more into how a prognosis is made. I mean, you touched upon it a little bit, but maybe go into some of the specifics and then how is that information used to set a cancer care plan? Prognosis really takes into account the natural course that a diagnosis or a cancer may take, but it also matters how what your physical condition is and your nutrition status and many other factors and some that we don't even know. A cancer care plan should consider not only your prognosis, but other things that matter to you. What are your life goals and what are your challenges? Cure for cancer might be a goal. It may not be a goal. It might be to control an incurable disease like multiple myeloma that can be controlled for many, many, many years or control a physical symptom like pain or shortness of breath and improve how someone feels. A personal goal might be to achieve something as a trip in the future or to keep working at your job for a period of time or maybe to be a caregiver for a spouse or a child. 
Yeah, one thing that I like about this is it really feels pretty comprehensive. You know, it's not just only uh, treating the cancer itself, but um, the goals that the individual patient might have. You know, if someone has a recent cancer diagnosis, what kind of things should they be asking their provider or communicating with them on a day-to-day basis? I think that's a really important question, and I think it's a difficult one to answer. But from experience, I would say that there is so much information and so much communication at the beginning when a person gets a new diagnosis of cancer. In general, I think it's important that you share what you're worried about and share what your questions are and not worry about how that's perceived by the healthcare team. It really helps the healthcare team to take the best care of you, to have an open conversation you know, and to ask the questions as they come up is actually okay. No question or concern that you have is not important. The other thing that you should ask depends on how much you want to know. Some people want to have lots of information. They really like facts and figures and all that information really helps them. Others don't want to really know too much, just a little bit or not much at all. Some people want really straight answers and direct information. Call it to me straight, doctor. And other people really don't want that information. They just want minimal. There are also cultural components to that as well. So I guess in general, I would say if you could ask, you could ask questions like, what is my outcome? What is my best hope? What is the worst thing that could happen? And what's most likely based on what you know about me, myself, not everyone, but me, myself, and my physical situation? What are my options for treatment? And what will my life look like when I go through that treatment? Will I have to go to the doctor often? How expensive might this be? What are the symptoms I might experience and how severe might they be? And what is the ability of the healthcare team to control those symptoms for me? Those might be questions. And you could even ask the provider, what should I be asking you that I'm not, that other people ask, might be another question to ask. And lastly, I would say, um, ask them, who can I call after I leave here if I have more questions? Because there's so much, it's so hard to remember, and it also can be very emotional. So to have a contact person for, that you can call after the visit and follow up to answer your questions is actually a really great thing to ask. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned was talking to your provider about the amount of information that they share with you about your cancer. Just extending on that uh, a little bit, I'm curious as to how you might communicate with them, uh, potentially about communicating with family members that come in and want to know about the cancer. I think that it's very important that you direct the healthcare team about your preferences and also for your family. With HIPAA, and other legislation, we have to protect the privacy of people, but we can provide information if you tell us that it's okay to do so. Um, but always it should be directed by the person, the patient who's going through the treatment, and to guide the preferences that you have. You know, I want to know straight, honest information. I want to know facts. I know I really don't want to know too much, um, but it's okay to tell my daughter, who's my healthcare decision maker, It's okay to tell her if she asks additional questions. You can guide the care provider team with those conversations, and that helps us to navigate and also protect your privacy. So, Susan, I'd like to shift to you. You know, I've heard about advanced care planning before, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. So maybe you can explain it and also talk about when someone should consider doing it. Advanced care planning is really a process, like a lot of things we've been talking about, but it's a process of thinking about 
and then communicating your choices for future health care. It involves conversations with people in your life about what you value most in life, and, and then that conversation results in completing a health care directive. So a health care directive really accomplishes two things. It's a legal document where first you identify a health care agent who you have chosen as having legal authority to make health care choices on your behalf if you would ever be unable to make decisions for yourself. So the health care agent can be anyone that you trust to carry out your wishes, and we do have helpful guidelines available on how to select the best person for that role. And then secondly, the health care directive can document your wishes regarding your own values about quality of life and what that means and medical interventions and goals of care. The directive would only be activated if you're not able to speak for yourself or make decisions. And the whole idea of it is that your voice can still be heard and your choices can still be honored even if you're not physically able to speak or decide. And then as far as when it is suggested for people, advanced care planning and completing health care directives is actually recommended for all adults of all ages and all stages of health provided they're able to think clearly. But a new diagnosis, including a new cancer diagnosis, can really be a great opportunity to engage in the process. It's interesting that we're discussing this today. I actually recently did my healthcare directive, and I, and I found that I had to go somewhere by myself away from my daughter and my wife and really just think through my own values and, and what I wanted, you know, in case something like this happened. So I'm curious as to what your philosophies are in terms of how someone might think about their healthcare directive and after they're done with it, if it's worth sharing with their loved ones. That's a great question. So I think... One way to just approach it is to know that it really is a fairly simple process, a a fairly basic process, but it's not an easy process because these are not easy situations to reflect on and imagine. And yet it's so important because it's very honest. It acknowledges that every one of us will have an end stage to our life. It gives us a chance to really reflect on what is most important to us and under what circumstances would we want or not want life-prolonging interventions, and then to turn those wishes into a legal document. And honestly, I think the best way to view advanced care planning is as a gift to the people that you love. I do want to share a quote by this nationally known palliative care physician, Dr. Ira Bayak. I just think it says so much. He says, I have a healthcare directive, not because I have a serious illness, but because I have a family. And I love that because if you imagine a situation where a person has serious medical decisions that have to be made and they can't speak for themselves and the healthcare team is asking the family the difference between asking the family what they want to do and asking the family what you, the patient, want is just a huge difference in the emotional burden. So while it's a, you know, kind of a difficult topic and situations to imagine, 
it really, if you view it as a gift to your family in creating clarity and preserving your own voice, I think that helps people feel good about it. Well, I think that is the perfect place to end. I think the one thing that I take away is the importance of just being really open and communicating with your provider if you are able to because they want to be champions for you. So communicate with them about the information that you want, how you want it delivered, and also how you want it delivered to your loved ones. And for the healthcare directive, I, I love that quote. It's really you're kind of giving relief to your family should something happen to you because they don't have to make that difficult decision for you. So Susan and uh, Jody, I really want to thank you for educating us today. Thank you all for checking out this episode of Northfield Hospital and Clinic's Health Matters podcast. You can learn more about cancer care at Northfield Hospital and Clinic's at our website at northfieldhospital.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks and we'll talk next time.